The focus has been to number one, provide energy security and not only energy security, but also provide additional support to the customer in the most uh, dignified manner and the most uh, streamlined approach. Welcome to Electric Perspectives, a podcast that explores how America's electric companies are working to deliver the reliable, affordable, secure, and clean energy that powers our economy and our everyday lives. The show is brought to you by EEI, the Edison Electric Institute, which represents all U.S. investor-owned electric companies. I'm your host, Brian Real. August is LIHEAP Action Month an opportunity to highlight the federally funded Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program, which provides financial support to vulnerable households and families to cover heating and cooling and other energy-related costs. Electric companies and state LIHEAP administrators partner to help families access this critical funding, and they work together to streamline the process of identifying income-eligible households. On top of that, electric companies create their own customer assistance programs to ensure everyone has access to the energy they need to power their daily lives. On today's show, EEI Vice President of Customer Solutions, Lisa Wood, will speak with Tamara Johnson, DTE Energy's Customer Service Director, about DTE Energy's successful collaboration with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services and their efforts to significantly streamline the process of getting LIHEAP funds to households in need. To start us off, Lisa, could you share a little bit about LIHEAP and really all the work that's been underway the past couple of years to increase funding, who's kind of been involved in advocating for that increase in funds, as well as just all the work that's been underway at HHS to really help improve the process for getting these critical funds to customers who are eligible? Yeah, sure. To begin, let me address the increase in LIHEAP funding. So the baseline LIHEAP funding is about 3.8% billion dollars per year. And uh, during COVID, that was increased by 4.5 billion due to the American Rescue Plan. So that was a total of of well over $8 billion for LIHEAP um, during that time. And now for the coming fiscal year, fiscal year 2023, which begins on October 1st, the baseline for LIHEAP has actually been increased to about 4 billion. So you did ask who's been involved in that, and EEI member companies and EEI have been very involved in advocating for the the increase in LIHEAP funds. So we're we're really happy about that. And now I want to turn to the second part of your question uh, regarding uh, what we're doing uh, to streamline LIHEAP. And EEI member companies and EEI were working with state agencies, community action agencies, and also the federal agency, HHS, to streamline how LIHEAP funds get to customers. So I wanna just touch on two areas that are important for streamlining the allocation of LIHEAP funds. One is data sharing, and the second is automation. So let me just tell you what I mean by data sharing. First, um, how do we know who who needs uh, LIHEAP funding? So LIHEAP funding is primarily for heating energy assistance, but in some states it's also used for cooling energy assistance. So obviously electric companies know which customers are in arrears. So that's one way that we can identify a customer in need, but we don't necessarily know if they're eligible. So the second piece of it is the state agency is able to identify who is eligible for LIHEAP. 
uh, based on their income, but they may not necessarily know that that customer's in arrears. So what we're trying to do with data sharing is bring together the knowledge that electric companies have with the knowledge that the agencies have to say which customers in are in arrears in terms of paying their electric bill and are those customers eligible for LIHEAP? So that happens in two ways. It can be initiated by the electric company sending a file to the state agency or the community action agency to, and then that agency will identify whether the customer is eligible. That's one way it can happen. Another way it can happen is uh, an electric company could have a portal that the agency can log on to and go in and look at the customer accounts and then identify of those customers which ones are eligible for LIHEAP uh, based on the state's definition of eligibility. So those are two extremely important things in terms of really quickly identifying eligibility. And I would say that it's the gold standard is to do this data sharing on a very regular basis, maybe monthly, maybe quarterly, or in real time. But the idea would be that we can quickly identify who's eligible for LIHEAP. Then there's the second part. The second part is automation. Once we know who's eligible, how do we get the funds to the customer's account? And we want to automate that as and make it happen as quickly as possible. So what happens there is uh, we have to, once we've identified or the state's identified who's eligible for LIHEAP, then we might, we'll get a file back saying these customers are eligible for LIHEAP. And typically what will happen at that time is the state will also identify the benefit, the dollar benefit that that customer or household is eligible for. So that's step one. Step two is then basically the state sends the LIHEAP funds to the electric company and the electric company tags it to the customer's account. So I just went through that whole process. That's a, that is a gold standard. If, you, if it can just basically work where the electric company gets the file from the state saying these are the, the dollars that this, this customer is eligible for and then tags the customer's account with those dollars. So at that point, the customer didn't even know it happened. And then the electric company can notify the customer that their that funds have been um, basically deposited into their account to pay their electric bill. So that we're not uh, so that's not happening uh, in every state across the country, but it is happening in some states. As you can see, it requires coordination and collaboration between the electric company, the state agency, and the community action agency. And it also requires some collaboration with the customer because the customer has to basically um, approve that you know they, that the, the the information can go back and forth and that they want the funds tagged to their account. But it's this is I would call this a gold standard that we're trying to do data sharing on a re very regular basis to identify eligible customers, and that we're trying to automate the process once we've identified those customers to tag the dollars to the customer's account. And we're working with our member companies across the country, different companies in different states are working with their state agencies and their community action agencies. And we're also working with HHS to basically push out uh, this sort of gold standard of data sharing and automation so that we can help streamline the process. So that's just a, it's kind of a long summary, I think, of what's, what we're doing with LIHEAP, but it's a very important program. And throughout COVID, uh, obviously the extra funds were in the LIHEAP um, 
were available for LIHEAP. Those extra funds aren't available any longer, but the baseline LIHEAP dollars have, have gone up. That doesn't mean every customer that's eligible will receive the funds because there aren't enough funds to cover every household that's eligible for LIHEAP. However, we're happy that the funds are increasing and that the coordination is increasing. Now I want to turn it over uh, to our guest, Tamara Johnson. Tamara, thanks so much for joining our program today. To start, can you talk about your role with DTE Energy and your involvement with energy assistance programs, including the federal LIHEAP program, the state of Michigan's energy assistance programs, and also DTE's programs? Well, first off, thanks for having me, uh, Lisa. Just real, really pleased to be um, on your podcast to really talk about all of the great work that we've been doing throughout the state of Michigan in regards to energy assistance. Um, as you stated, I am the director of uh, energy assistance for DT Energy. And what that means is that I get paid to focus on uh, providing support for customers in need. Um, so it's, we are very committed um, to that effort. And so I'm, I'm grateful to be working for DTE. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, LIHEAP direct support or LIHEAP, the LIHEAP program itself. Um, that program really focuses on uh, one-time crisis assistance for our customers. Um, it also is um, an avenue that has uh, been able to be automated as a result of COVID, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. And then we also have uh, other programs that support um, not just our vulnerable customers, but other customers that may hit a bump in the road, um, such as our shutoff protection programs and things of that nature. Okay, let's go. Let's just dive right into LIHEAP Direct. You're very involved in that. Um, and that is, my understanding is, it helps to streamline the process of getting LIHEAP assistance funds directly to the customer or to the household in need. Can you explain how that works and the different agencies and uh, community groups that are involved in that effort? Yes, so LIHEAP Direct, um, was, was a way for us to uh, uh, prevent the customer from going through the application process. And so one of the things that we embarked on with uh, not only just DTE's CEO, Jerry Norcia, but with leadership on the Michigan Department of Health and Human Service side, as well as the Michigan Public Service Commission. So those three got together um, and came up with an energy pledge, which is what we have been focused on driving um, that, that partnership and that alignment. Um, the focus has been to number one, provide energy security and not only energy security, but also provide additional support to the customer in the most uh, dignified manner and the most uh, streamlined approach. And so by us taking that approach, it made it very um, easy for me to connect with others throughout the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services um, to develop um, a, a method of sharing data. And so what I mean by sharing data, we do file transmissions versus um, really engaging or, or I should say adding stress to the customer 
to have to uh, complete applications. So we submit information to the state. Um, they then take that information and match it up against their databases um, to see which households are fully in need. And then they return payments to the utility. Okay, I'm gonna interrupt you there and just ask you to back up a second because I know you know this inside out. Yes. And I just wanna go back to just the first step which is identifying customers in need. Can you just talk about how, uh, I mean, obviously you know which customers aren't paying their bills. So customers that are in arrears. So can you just talk about how you start with that uh, set of customers and provide that information um, and who you provide it to and then what they provide back? Okay, yes. So um, within our system, we're able to uh, run reports that provide us with uh, customers that maybe historically haven't had a history of paying late. Um, we also have um, identifiers in our system that uh, profile customers that are, are low or moderate income. And that's through our uh, low income verification process that we do. So part of my team actually um, validates uh, household incomes for customers who elect to do so. We use all of that information to, uh, to create a file that is then shared with the state of Michigan. And so that file contains that uh, customer's uh, energy bill balance, um, as well as if we have that household's federal poverty level, um, because the customer has shared that with us, that is also included in the file. And um, then the state takes that, matches it against their, their databases, such as if a customer has received food assistance or, or unemployment, and they return to us the, the population of those customers that are eligible for LIHEAP, and they call it categorical eligibility. And so it's basically them using databases um, that they have access to in their system and comparing the file that DTE sends to determine that they're categorically eligible for LIHEAP support. And so then the payment is returned and the customer starts to receive a notification process of, of what has transpired. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive a little bit more into that. So you start the process, DTE Energy, your team starts the process you have your data plus additional data that you put together to identify customers that you think may be eligible for LIHEAP. You send it to the Michigan um, Department of Health and Human Services, and then they use their database to basically say yes or no, this customer is eligible or not, right, at that point? Yes, is yes or no, as well as the amount that they feel they're eligible um, or qualify for. Okay. So once that's determined, they send the file back to you that says, um, okay, here are the customers that are eligible and here's the amount they're eligible for. Is that how it works? That's correct. Okay, so once that happens, how does the payment part, how does the, the dollar value actually get put onto the customer's bill? Via electronic funds transfer. So the same way we share data electronically around um, potential eligible customers, uh, once they firm up who's eligible, they kind of send us a, what I would call a pre-file that says, hey, heads up, 
these are the customers that are eligible because what we do with that file is we begin a communication strategy with those customers, letting them know that, hey, this portion of your balance is covered or no, this, this isn't covered, but this is, or the full amount is covered. Um, and then the state within two weeks of sending us that, that pre-file, they send the actual payment okay. that gets applied to the customer's account. Okay, so you are, DTE is reaching out to the customer and saying, just wanna let you know, part of your bill just got paid or all of your bill just got paid by LIHEAP funds. Yes. Yes, and we also, um, part of that communication also includes other assistance that they may be eligible for as it pertains to their bill. So for example, um, if we know that they uh, qualify for our low-income self-sufficiency program, which is a Michigan energy assistance uh, program, we include that in the letter. We also provide them with other human service agencies that they can connect with to get additional support beyond just energy. Okay, let me go just back to the customer part for just to, for clarification. So how does the cust, where in this process does the customer fill out a LIHEAP application? They do not. So for LIHEAP direct support, the intent is that there is no application from the customer. Um, it's a automated streamlined approach of where the utility is sharing data with the state and the state is using their existing data to categorically qualify them, which means that there is no written application required. Okay, so this is a big part of um... I guess when I think of the things that people have talked about with LIHEAP, one big issue seems to be the onerous application process. So LIHEAP Direct eliminates the application process for the customer. Is that right? Yes, it does. It eliminates the application process completely. The second thing you said was that you've automated the process. So that sounds to me like a huge step forward in terms of, of streamlining the process of getting funds into the hands of customers more quickly. Yes, Do you agree? yes, yes. So the, the sharing of data electronically um, allows us to, you know, within seconds, transmit current state of a customer balance. Um, and then the state takes that and they, they do their due diligence, and I think it takes them about two weeks to return it back to us, but that's still much shorter than the customer uh, completing about four, I think it's 40 pages, 48 pages, right, of an application, right, which means they have to take time out of either their day, miss work, um, go get assistance, you know, with the caseworker, or they're sitting on the phone. I know my team... Um, actually completes the applications online for customers. And on average, that takes about an hour um, over the phone. And so I think it's critical that we think about the, the experience for these customers that have limited time, limited resources. Um, how can we do things to make it more um, efficient and still give the state the information that they need to qualify these customers for the assistance? So if you have to identify sort of the two or three most important 
parts of LIHEAP Direct, what would those be? I would say number one, um, it's the alignment across not only the utilities and but the state, but also the commission. And then number two is really the ability to share data that helps you to streamline processes for the customer. Um, and then lastly, just as you're designing or thinking about LIHEAP Direct or any program that is supposed to serve and support um, the community, we should always have them first at, at mind. It, it shouldn't be that um, we're using uh, red tape and, and audit requirements to design these processes, but focus on the end user. And so for me, when I think about a program such as uh, LIHEAP Direct, um, that's one of the times where we, we got it right, right? We were able to focus on the end user um, and make it easy for them to get the assistance that we can clearly see that they need it. So LIHEAP Direct, you got it right. It works for the customers. Um, are you using LIHEAP Direct today for your customers? Yes, we are. Um, we are actually this fiscal year having a total of four rounds. Um, and so far we are on round number three, um, which had just transpired uh, in mid-July. Mid and so the last round will take place in September. Tamara, you mentioned that you're on your third round. So can you just define what you mean by rounds? Is this a periodic, um, like over every couple of months, you submit a file to the state or how does that work? Yes, it's pretty much, uh, it's worked out this fiscal year to be once a quarter. So I would say every two and a half months, we submit a file and start the process all over again. So are you seeing an increase in the number of customers that are getting LIHEAP funds as a result of this? Yes, we have. Um, when I think about total funding that has been utilized for LIHEAP, we're at an all-time high. So as of uh, July month in, we were above 150 million, which is uh, a standard fiscal year is roughly about 100 million. So um, we're definitely going to exceed any, any other year's funding as it relates to LIHEAP. That's fantastic. So I know you have a close relationship with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Can you talk about how that has helped you um, with this process and getting energy assistance funds to customers in need? Yes, I think us building that, uh, what I would say a good working relationship um, I think I mentioned earlier about how the three leaderships around the Michigan Public Service Commission, as well as the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services and DTE CEO literally spent hours and developed a pledge um, that we termed our energy pledge. And so that is just a guide that we use to, as we think about designing programs, or any type of customer journeys related to energy assistance. Uh, once they kind of stacked hands and, and developed that approach, it made it very easy to focus the various teams um, throughout those organizations on what we needed to accomplish. So I think the energy pledge really has been what has driven us to have this great partnership, which has led to us to be able to accomplish LIHEAP direct support. 
Okay, thanks for explaining that. So just going back to the Michigan Public Service Commission, um, there I know that in some states there there has been reluctance to allow data sharing. So how important is that? Um, it's critical. Um, as you heard me just describe, one of the, the main reason we was able to avoid applications was through data sharing. And so without data sharing, um, it, it forces us to have programs that are behind uh, what our technical capabilities are today. So if other companies, other electric companies are trying to uh, replicate LIHEAP Direct, which I think many would like to do from what I've heard. Um, what, what do you think the key ingredients are in terms of the different uh, departments or agencies involved to make that happen? Yeah, I definitely feel that it needs to start from the top down, um, number one. Number two, um, all parties need to be open to change and, and be aligned with what the problem is that they're trying to solve, which it's you're trying to get resources to customers in a timely manner, right? Um, and so I think it's going to be important that you have your IT department involved, um, as well as your departments that um, actually manage or administer the programs themselves currently. Okay, let me ask one more uh, question related to LIHEAP Direct. And that is, um, it's to make this happen, you've described DTE Energy, um, the Michigan uh, Department of Housing and Human Service or Health and Human Services, and also the Michigan Public Service Commission. Uh, how critical is it to have those three players involved in this? Very critical. Um, if you don't have three sitting at the table and agreeing what problem they want to solve and how they want to solve it, um, there will be constant uh, disconnect and, and recycling back through things that um, you felt were resolved. And so if you never get those three components um, to stack hands, you think about, you know, the state really administer programs. Um, in Michigan, we have our Michigan Energy Assistance Program, which those firms are collected via rates. And so though that is coming from customer base, right? So the commission is involved in, in from that aspect. And so I think it's important that um, number one, those three roles are connected and they're very defined so that you know who's making the decision on what aspects uh, of the program. So let's just go to, um, I wanna talk about DTE, energy assistance programs. Um, separate from LIHEAP. Can you talk about that, what some of those programs are that you provide to customers separate from the LIHEAP funds? Yes, yeah, so I know I've mentioned one, the Low Income Self-Sufficiency Program, which is funded by um, MEAT dollars, which is our Michigan Energy um, Assistance Program. As I mentioned, those are dollars that are collected through um, a surcharge, so ratepayers. Um, kind of fund that pot of money to support the more vulnerable customers. Um, that program is also um, a portion is sometimes funded by donation dollars from DTE shareholders as well. And so the way that program works is it's a 24 month program. Um, the arrears of any customers that are enrolled on that program are forgiven over that 24 month period. The customer themselves experience a flat payment amount 
So there is no fluctuation based on consumption or anything because the intent is that you support them until they're at a point where they can support themselves. And so you're giving them a payment plan that's within um, and a reasonable amount of an energy burden is the intent. And so at the end of the 24 months, the past due balance is completely paid as well as hopefully that customer is now in a, in a situation where they can pay their full energy bill themselves. So what's your experience been with that program just in terms of, of success rates? It is our highest uh, success rate for any type of payment plan or program that we offer. And that's currently at 80%. That's fantastic. Yes, it's, it's awesome. 80%. Um, and that 80% represents no loss of energy. So it's definitely energy security. Um, there is also wraparound services such as um, energy efficiency consultation, which can lead to replacement of windows, roofing, installation. Um, there's also education around, you know, financial, how to budget, you know, how to manage uh, the money that comes into your household. There's uh, assistance with transportation. So all of that is wrapped up into uh, support for that program via our human service agencies, such as United Way, Thaw, uh, which is the Heat and Warmth Fund, and Salvation Army. And DTE, this is DTE's program. And yeah, so all, this, all of these other services are, are coming from these other, um, other groups. Yes, yeah, so the program itself is, um, it was designed in part, actually Jerry Norcia was instrumental in the design of it um, quite, uh, probably almost 10 years ago. Um, and so it is very much a DTE baby. Um, I think it started off being funded by just uh, donation dollars and it has since grown to be, as I mentioned, a part of a surcharge as well as donation dollars. Okay, thanks for that. No so problem. behind every electric company are employees like you who want to help customers. So this is more of a personal question. What led you to do this type of work? Yeah, funny that you ask. So for me, I've always been a humanitarian, even, even as a little girl. So I always leveraged my resources to really support others that, that needed assistance. And so when I think about what's the type of job that I can do um, that gives me the, the most uh, fulfilling and uh, sense of accomplishment is this job, right? It gives me an opportunity to earn money to support my family while I can assist others that may not um, be in, in the right situation to help themselves. Um, so I always just term it as me being the voice for the voiceless. Um, and so that's what makes it very rewarding for me, even on my hard days. So this sounds like the perfect job for you. It is. It is. Yeah. Most of like my family, friends, coworkers, they're like, this is your job. Like I would retire from this role. They're going to have to drag me out of it. <laughs> okay. With that, let me turn it back to Brian. Thank you both so much. I might take the host prerogative with just one more question. It's great hearing 
uh, today about all the work that DT Energy has been doing here. But Lisa, how does your team uh, with the Customer Solutions Group at EEI help convene tomorrow and other leaders from the industry to really make sure that they're learning from each other to make sure that all customers really have the opportunity to benefit from this innovation that we're seeing? Thanks, Brian. So we have a customer officer team that spans all of the EEI member companies and the customer officers. And that's actually how we learned about Tamara's work. Um, she's participated in a lot of our meetings. We share information across our companies. Um, success stories like Lightheat Direct is, is one example. Um, so that our company um, customer officers can learn from each other. So I think this is this what we talked about today is, is more detail. Um, but this is one example of the kinds of things that we've been learning about um, and sharing with all of the EEI members. And Tamara, do you find these sort of uh, kind of whether they're workshops or just regular check-ins, are they valuable for EEI's member companies? Yes, yes. Um, I know even on our side where we were feeling like, oh, we were more advanced with certain things, there's other things that um, we found opportunities. And I'll give you an example. So we have a software that the human service agencies and the state leverage to kind of see customer pay history and the current state of the customer. Um, we learned through a couple of other utilities that they have a software that's a little bit more advanced than ours. And so I've been able to take that knowledge sharing and uh, we are actually working on implementing an updated version of uh, what we termed as our agency portal. So yes, definitely get huge benefits out of having um, the sharing of learnings and and hearing from others that may may have not gone down the path yet. Um, they always have input uh, that we've been able to get some insight and make some adjustments. Well, that's great to hear. And thank you both again for sharing your expertise with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening and come back next week to hear more from experts and industry leaders who are talking about the innovative ways electric companies are building a cleaner, smarter, stronger energy future for the customers and communities they serve. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Podbeam, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Electric Perspectives. I'm your host, Brian Real. Thanks for listening.